Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through his word and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. This morning I'll be reading and then we'll reflect on God's word from John chapter 1 verses 1 to 18. And as I, uh, as I mentioned in my Resurrection Weekly on Friday, John is somewhat unique among the four Gospels. Uh, in the Bible, in the New Testament, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that are considered the four accounts of Jesus' life. And, and kind of at first feels, oh, it's four, four different perspectives on Jesus' life. And that's, and that's true. Um, and there's a sense, and there's certainly a lot of similarity between them. But John is also somewhat unique among the four Gospels. If you, if you just read straight through them, when you read through Matthew and Mark, you would say, wow, these are very similar. And when you read through Luke, you'd say, wow, this is pretty similar too, though Jesus sounds a little bit different here, but it's, it's all pretty similar. Same kind of stories and parables and healings and miracles and that kind of thing. And then you get to John and you're like, okay, I see Jesus and he's doing some stuff, but John, the author, is talking a whole lot more than the other talks, than the others talk. John is speaking for himself because John is a deep and powerful reflection on who Jesus is. And John, in his gospel, John takes certain stories from Jesus' life. He's not at all trying to tell this is everything that Jesus did. But he takes certain stories from Jesus' life and certain things that Jesus taught. And he puts them together to show a deep picture of who Jesus really is. And so I'm excited as we begin our third year together as Resurrection Community, that we will spend most of this year, uh, maybe all of it, maybe not quite all, but we will spend a long time walking through John together and getting to know Jesus more deeply through that. And it will be very, very good. So we'll now set this, this, uh, this first section of John, what's sometimes called the prologue to John, the introduction to John. Uh, it might sound a little weird, uh, at first, it, it, for some people, it'll sound weird because it just sounds weird. For other people, it will sound very familiar because it is famous and frequently read. But as you think about it, you might say, you know what, this sounds familiar, but I have no idea what John is actually talking about. So read with me and then we'll listen and we'll reflect and see if we can see what is John speaking to us? What is God speaking to us this morning? John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, 
Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that you wrote down through your servant John, that you wrote down so long ago, but you preserved for us this morning. We pray this would be your word for us this morning, that you would show what you have for us, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would take this word and sink it deep into our hearts, that it would truly change the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, I think I may have told this story before, but I like it, so I'll tell it again. When I was a senior in college, I went on a backpacking trip uh, with 11 of my fellow college friends, uh, a mix of seniors, juniors, sophomores, and freshmen. These were from our, from our college Christian fellowship, and we planned a fantastic spring break backpacking trip. And this was back, not way back when, but, but back before there was much internet. There was some. But we went, we were going to go to the central coast of California, and we were going to hike on these trails. And back then you got books from the bookstore, and they had, you know, these books of trails. And so we, we planned out this route, and it was great, and we got all our gear, and we got together, and we started hiking. First night was great. We followed the trail. We get up, we camped at the campsite where the book said it would be beautiful, overlooking the Pacific Ocean. We get up the next morning, and we start walking. And all goes well through the morning. We reach the next kind of point we had seen in the book, and then we're looking at the book, and we're looking at the trail, and we, we come to realize the problem with hiking books is that they can become out of date because the trail that was described in this book was not the trail that we could see with our eyes. In fact, the trail that we could see with our eyes was really no trail at all. But we kept going because what else are you going to do? Trying to follow the trail that we thought was there. We kept going and we kept going. I'm looking at the book and the sun starts to go down. And I'm theoretically leading this expedition. And so I start walking faster and faster and faster thinking, it's getting dark, but if I can find this campsite that's been described, I can get everybody there in the dark. If I can't find this campsite, I'm not going to find it in the dark, and nobody else is going to find it either. So I'm like crashing through bushes and trees, and eventually I give up. Night has completely fallen. It's completely dark. I make my way back, and there's 12 of us, and we are strung out on the edge of a cliff. Um, and we have walked along it. We, this, this cliff mountain. Cliff is a little bit of an exaggeration. Hillside has been crumbling as we walked. And we're literally on the and there's bushes and there's some rocks and it's dark. I'm like, well, I guess we are going to sleep here. And in that moment, in the dark, we really had no idea what we were going to do because we were not at all sure that we could go back the way that we came because the the hill had been crumbling as we walked. So will we be able to walk back? We really have no idea where we're going on. So we debated in the dark, shall we climb up to the top of the hill and hope that we can get cell service for a rescue? We did have a cell phone, but it didn't work. Or shall we go down to the river and try to follow the river to the ocean and the road? Neither of these are good options. 
And so we went to bed in the dark with a fair amount of fear and anxiety. And yet, when we woke up in the morning and the sun came up and we could see, nothing had actually changed except we had the light. And we could see things much better. And we looked around and we said, you know what? We still don't see any trail ahead of us. We have no idea where we are. But we certainly see the trail that we came. And we know that it was only a couple miles back that we crossed water. And if we, we, can, we think we can walk back, because now we can see this trail, we're going to be OK. We walked back. We got back to a nice campsite. We had a great time. We got back no problems whatsoever. But the big difference was the difference between darkness and light. In the dark, we were afraid. And we knew that stumbling about in the dark, we were going to fall down a hill. We were going to run into problems. We didn't know where we could go. We were going to get even further lost. But when the sun came up, it changed everything. And this is where John is telling us here, his main message here is that the world is walking in darkness, but there is a light that has come into it. That's what he says in verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. As John starts his gospel to reflect on the meaning of Jesus and what Jesus did and who Jesus was, he starts by saying that Jesus was light, a light that shines in the darkness, and not just a flashlight. We had flashlights. That's really how we feel most of the time in this world, isn't it? It's not that we're in total darkness. It's not that we're stumbling about walking into things. But we're walking around lost in the mountains with a flashlight, trying to figure out where we should go. And it doesn't work very well because we can't see very much. And John says, look, Jesus has come. Jesus has brought light. In all the confusing words here in John about the word in the beginning and before him and after him and this other man named John, and all these things, the main message here in John chapter 1 is that Jesus is greater than any human light. The light has come into the darkness, the true light, the light of God himself. And that is the light that we need. So why? Why would we stumble around with a flashlight when we have the light of Jesus? And as we dig into this more, we see three aspects where John is telling us that Jesus is greater, Jesus' light is greater than human light. He starts by saying that Jesus is greater than human reason, and Jesus is greater than human relationships, and Jesus is greater than human religion. I may not have a voice, but I do have three R's. Jesus is greater than human reason, greater than human relationships, and greater than human religion. And so we see these under the, the heading of Jesus is the greatest light. And his true light is what we need so we do not stumble around with our weak flashlights in the darkness. We see the human reason. You may have, you may have wondered, in the beginning was the word. What, what is this word? And if you're following along in the Bible, you see well, the, the word is capitalized there. And that's because the word here, as John is using it, is talking about Jesus. So we, in our English translations of the Bible, we capitalize it. But this, this word that John is talking about is something that would have been familiar, at least to the educated part of his audience, the philosophers and thinkers, the Pharisees, 
the, 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 not so much the Jewish people, but the Greek people of the day. Uh, it's the Greek word logos that you may have heard of. And, it, and, and it's kind of a word that means all of, all of human reason and reasoning and philosophy is all kind of wrapped up in this like basic principle of the world. The word, the ideas, this is what the Greek philosophers, Socrates and Plato and Aristotle, these were, and the ones who, who followed them, this is what they thought about. They came up with their philosophies. And so what John is saying here is very interesting. Because he's saying, what you all, you Greek, non-Jewish, ungodly philosophers are talking about reason and logic and principles of the world. You've got something going there. You, you are seeing something with your flashlight. But what you don't realize is how deep it goes. That in the beginning was the word. Now, they probably would have agreed with that. that this, this word, this logos, the, the basic principle of the universe, the reasons for existence, the core principles, the philosophy around which we order our lives. They're trying to figure them out and define them and speak about them. Like, all right, we're with you. In the beginning was the word. And then, and the word was God. Well, now we're, we're going a little bit, we're going a little bit different here. John's doing something different. Not, not a whole pantheon of gods sub, you know, subject to this overall reason, but God itself, this word is wrapped up in reason. And now the word made everything in verse two. Well, now this is, this is getting a little different than principles. And the, the word is active and doing things. And then we get down. This is the kicker. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And this is where all the philosophers' minds just explode. Because at that time, and true for many philosophers still today, there is a pure and, and right and good that is apart from human bodies and messy human existence. And we're striving to get away from here and go to there, to that ideal. And John says, no, 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 no. It went the other way around. The word, the eternal God, the source of all reason and knowledge and thought came and became flesh and took on a body and dwelt among us. So we do not achieve this knowledge by getting out of ourselves, by abstracting away from human bodies, that God's reason comes with skin on. God's philosophy comes with skin on. God's rules come with skin on. They come person to person in relationship with God himself. And this is at the same time challenging and mind-blowing and comforting. That we do not have, we do not seek pure reason and principle that cannot be changed. We seek relationship with a person because Jesus is greater than human reason. And we see this so clearly all the time in our world that when we try to come up with rules and reasons and policies and procedures, we, we just multiply them over and over and over again trying to get it right. And what we need is wisdom as we discover. What we need is a person. What we need is a relationship. Think about our past 
eternity of 18 months of COVID and trying time and again, and you, you all know me, you know I am not knocking any human leader for I would not want to be them. And I'm not knocking any health authority or anything like that, but you, they cannot keep up. They cannot figure it out. If they could, we, we wouldn't still be doing this. We wouldn't still have people sick at home with COVID, but human reason cannot do it. We cannot come up with the perfect policies to make this work. We cannot come up with the right principles. We, just, we don't know. We can't figure things out. What do we need? We need person-to-person -person wisdom and relationship. And so Jesus came to say, I am greater than human reason. That this is not about the principles. This is about the person of Jesus who came in the flesh to make God known to us. So what does that mean for us practically to see that Jesus is greater than human reason? It means when we're struggling through this life and we're trying to figure it out, that is good. I'm all for figuring things out. I'm all for exploring and intellectual questions. If you're wondering about Christianity, wondering what it's all about, by all means, seek, ask questions, read, think, question, all those things. But ultimately, all of your questions are not going to be answered. Ultimately, you only will find the answers in the person of Jesus, in seeing who he is in the scriptures and finding relationship with him, person to person. Once, even once you find that relationship with Jesus and you're trying to live life as a Christian and walk and follow him, trying to find your way through this world, trying to make decisions, it's impossible for us to make, to figure out all the angles and all the possibilities. What can we fall back on? We can fall back on obedience to God's word. What is the loving thing to do in this situation? What is most loving to the people around me? What is most honoring to God? What does the wisdom of God's people of the church say? So I love our church community locally. I love being part of a larger denomination where you can't figure things out. We say, well, there's a lot of us. There is a tradition and a process and a people who make decisions of wisdom because Jesus is at the center of it. He's greater than human reason. So he's greater than human reason. Second, he is greater than human relationships. That's what John's telling us here in verse, uh, uh, verses 10 to 13. He, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, in, in human terms, we've got the reason and the principles. The other thing we... We, we have relationships. We think in human terms of our families, our tribes, our communities, and we put great stock in those. And just like John is saying that human reason is not completely wrong, they see something with their flashlights, our human relationships, our families and our communities and our tribes are not completely wrong. God has put us in those places and there is good and importance in them. But he's saying Jesus is better. That family is good, but Jesus makes a new family. That these children are not born of blood nor of human will, but born of God. And this is a great comfort to us. This is a great comfort to us that says that when our human families fail, and our human families will fail, that we have a heavenly family that is so much more. 
even when it's not that our human families fail, but for many of us, it's simply that we are apart from human family through circumstances, through life choices, through whatever we're separated from them. But God has given us a, a, a spiritual family with ties that bind us so much deeper. This is why every Sunday we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world whom we have never met. And yet we are so deeply connected to them as members of Jesus' family. And that plays out in real and tangible ways. And my encouragement to you this morning, we'll actually be talking about this more at the picnic in our next season of life is resurrection, but is to invest in that family. This is why we call ourselves the resurrection community. We are a family of people bound together by Jesus' resurrection. But that takes effort and work to invest in. It takes time and commitment, a willingness to put yourself out there to serve others, to put yourself out there to receive service from others. This is what it means to be part of Jesus' family because Jesus is greater than human relationships. Finally, Jesus is greater than human religion. This is the bit at the end about the law. Well, it's also a bit about John, about this, this kind of thing about John insisting that Jesus is greater. John the Baptist, he's the one who comes after me. See, John the Baptist was preaching and telling people there's one coming, and everybody was impressed with John. He was a good guy. He was a public figure. He was known. He was important. He says, no, 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 no. Look for somebody else. And we don't put our trust in human leaders. That's human religion. Then he says about the law. The law was given through Moses, verse 17. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was good. Human religion comes from God originally is good. Laws are helpful. But law gets corrupted. It gets corrupted into rules that we use to judge and knock down ourselves and to judge and knock down others. Laws that we strive for and can never live up to. And John says, Jesus is better than all that. Grace and truth. The truth of the law is not gone. It is there. It calls us to what is right but it is paired with grace. That Jesus came full of grace and truth, bringing the heart of the Father, the heart of God to make known to us that when we fall, we do not live up to the law, we receive grace from him. And as we receive grace and forgiveness for our sins, we extend that grace to others. We are not judging others, not holding ourselves better than others, but extending that grace to others. This is Jesus' better religion where we receive the grace of God for ourselves, the forgiveness of our sins. We extend that grace to other people in our actions, in our judgments, and we seek a relationship with Jesus that allows us to do that. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that Jesus is so much better than human reason, human relationships, and human religion. Would you show us more and more what that means each day? Pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.